fighting for freedom every day. You as the individual, you have the power. You don't have to join a union. You go in as an entry-level position. You get the experience that you need. And then as you work up, you get better at your job, which means they pay you more. If they don't pay you more, then you go to another company to show what you've learned and what your value is to where you can get more. If they really don't like that, then you can go and start your own damn business because we have a free market, laissez-faire, capitalist society allegedly, to where you can actually go off and do your own thing. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right, it is another day ready to rock and roll. Another full week and one more full week going into the most patriotic holiday of the entire year, 4th of July, just one week away from today. Can you believe it? We are halfway through 2022. Good golly. Not to put that into perspective and make you panic a little bit for the day, but hey, we're here. Let's have a little fun. What do you say? Welcome into The Voice of Reason. I am Andy Hoosier, broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, on our flagship radio station all over the country, radio, TV, live streaming, and podcasting, wherever you may be watching or listening. We appreciate you, your millennial general reporting for duty, doing what we do each and every day. Big guest at the bottom of the hour today. We kick off the week the proper way. Connor Boyack, he is the CEO of Libertas Institute. Anyone know that one? I get their newsletter, whatever it is, monthly, every couple of months, whatever. I get their letter. Their, their, it's not a newsletter. It's like a book where they have a bunch of great content in there. They're an independent think tank that's a little bit more on the libertarian side. I enjoy their content greatly. I use a lot of it for my show prep and my understanding of the world as well. But he's also the author of the Tuttle Twins book series for children on uh, American values, liberty issues, uh, patriotic issues. And his new book, America's History, 1215 to 1776, the response to the 1619 Project, critical race theory, and a heck of a lot more. So we'll talk with Connor coming up at the bottom of the hour. And looking forward to chatting with him. Hopefully everybody had a great weekend. And what a weekend it was. I thoroughly enjoyed some of the comments and opinions and and feedback from all those on social media throughout the weekend regarding the latest Roe v. Wade changes from the U.S. Supreme Court last Friday. And boy, are there some angry people out there. Now, let's again put things into perspective. As I enjoy content, I enjoy dialogue, and I enjoy, enjoy conversation, even with individuals that I do not necessarily always agree with. But can we please... for for the love of you-know-what, just have some rational, reasonable conversations here. It is not the end of the world. We are not wanting women to die in the middle of the streets. We are not wanting individuals that have a life-changing or a life-threatening illness with a a fetus or a baby in some way, shape, or form to not get the proper care that they want. We don't want people to just run around and try and do back-of-the-woods or black-market abortions in any way, shape, or form. That is not what we're anybody at all is wanting in any way, shape, or form. Can we please stop looking for the most depressing stories out there in the world that are less than a half a percent of the abortions that are actually caused in the United States and then trying to hype them up as the excuse on why Republicans hate women in some way, shape, or form, and red states hate women in some way, shape, or form, which is just blatantly untrue. Now, again, I don't like talking about the abortion issue because no one is ever going to change their mind on it. It is a very personal issue. It is a very religious issue. It is a very, it's an issue that that really is based on how you set your morals and standards for your own personal life. You cannot sway other people in your opinion in some way, shape, or form. I have my opinion on it. I am very pro-life. I am very religious, and I believe that uh, you know it should be X, Y, and Z. I do believe that we should not have abortions. 
I think there's a conversation for maybe the extreme cases of that half a percent, but 600,000 a year, whatever they try and say is per year on abortion, I, I think that that is crazy and outlandish and that we need to be just having better morals or better family values or at least better conversations on education that would lead uh, to the decreasing of that just on a normal basis. Uh, outside of all that, that was a very... Um, a, a very blown out of proportion conversation over the weekend that I've seen on many of these social media sites. But a lot of the states, as now this uh, decision has come down, are already moving very quickly to try and make their own state decisions happen. Well, certainly uh, after we received that tremendous, incredible opinion on Friday, we wanted to move forward with the next step as set out in our law. And that was to certify the opinion from the United States Supreme Court. Uh, which we did this morning to the Secretary of State. Um, it will go into effect in 10 days on July the 7th. We also sent notice to the Jackson uh, Women's Healthcare Organization that I had certified the decision and to ask them to responsibly act pursuant to the law. So states already moving in action. That was the Attorney General, uh, the Attorney General Lynn Fitch, the Attorney General for the state of Mississippi, as they're already moving. South Dakota's governor has also come out and said that they're going to make it a criminal act for doctors to perform it illegally in their state. So things are already moving very quickly across the board, while other states are working to try and uh, make it their sanctuaries and try and actually lock it down to protect the abortion clinics in their states. Again, back down to the statewide level, it is interesting to see the response on both sides of the aisle and how quickly things are moving. At the same time, we're seeing more decisions actually come out today. Now they're not as important or as, I, I take that back, they're important, they're extremely important, they're not as big or as reported on, let's put it that way, from the mainstream media is the two decisions from last week with the Second Amendment issue and then with this one on Roe v. Wade. But there's still some major issues going on out there, including from the Associated Press today, where the Supreme Court has sided with the high school football coach from Washington State who sought to kneel and pray on high school football games after the game and was fired because it, they said that it abridged the right to, uh, or the separation between church and state, which is not true, and we'll get to that in just a second, but they fired the high school football coach that was doing this, and now he has been reinstated after the Supreme Court ruled in his favor, saying that you are allowed to pray in a public school. Now, that case was stupid all around, because it was really just like the anarchists that just say, well, we want to cause some issues, we want to try and stir the pot, we want to throw the wrench in the system, and just make things as complicated as possible, because they don't like watching other people practice religious practices so therefore we need to stop it from everybody because nobody can do it i want to be very clear here and for those that are history buffs will get this those that are not history buffs or that may not focus on this in any aspect of their life this may be a shock to them there is no such thing in the united states there is no law on the books that says there is a separation of church and state now as i say that i want to be very clear <laughs> I want to be very clear on what that actually means. Where did that idea come from? We got to go back to Thomas Jefferson in his letters to the Dansbury Baptists, where he was advocating for a separation of church and state to be included into the Constitution. And one thing that he was advocating for while they were discussing what to include in our uh, our law of the land that was the Constitution. He was trying to he was trying to advocate for that. But nowhere did that get included in there with a separation of church and state. However. With that being said, we do have a separation of church and state in this nation. 
I actually wrote this as my high school, uh, what do they call that? Your your high school, like your senior paper, your final paper in English class to decide whether you actually get to graduate high school or not. This was the topic that I actually wrote on. And it was a fascinating topic to me then, and I still think it's fascinating to us today as well, because you will never, and I clarify this, you will never be able to separate religious views and politics and the way a government actually governs itself. You'll never be able to do it. Now, we have a separation of church and state in the nation, as in we do not have a nation-state religion, meaning the church is just as powerful as the government to come and collect taxes to force you to believe this or else we will come and persecute you. We do not have that. But that's what they wanted with a separation of church and state because if you remember the whole reason that the pilgrims came over here was because they were looking for religious freedom. The Church of England at that time did not like individuals believing outside of the Church of England, which is fascinating to me as well if you go further back into history on why the Church of England actually got started. They broke away from the Catholics because King Henry VIII didn't want to have to stay married to his wife that wasn't bearing him uh, sons, so he wanted a divorce, and the church wouldn't grant him a divorce, so he just started his own religion. It boggles my mind why uh, some over there still believe in the Church of England because it was really just a king that was like, I'm going to do my own thing to hell with you, Catholic Church. <laughs> I mean, that's really how it's up, but that's really how all the den- denominations started, right? I mean, you had Martin Luther that put the letters on the wall or on the doors of the church and started the Lutherans. Then you had every denomination branch out from there. I don't necessarily lump myself into any denomination. Because I just see where the denominations come from. I'm like, oh, that's an interesting twist on something that was already there. So I don't necessarily categorize myself in one denomination or another. But I find the history of all of them fascinating. The Church of England was oppressing people. You need to vote or you need to believe this way. The church had always done that back in the day. And the the Presbyterians, the, the whoever they were, the, the pilgrims that came over, were like, we just want to practice our own way. And they came over here, and that was the foundation of the nation, was freedom of religion to believe in any religion you wanted to without being persecuted. The church did not have power like the government did. They were left on their own accord to do anything that they needed to. So we already have freedom of separation of church and state. Now, praying at a public school is not forcing others to pray at the public school. I remember when I was in high school, I'm part of my youth group and part of the church that I went to at that time. We would have the prayer at the pole once or twice a year to wear the flagpole in the front of the school about once or twice a year. Everybody there would go and we would pray right around the flagpole. I think they still have that. Do they they still do that around here, around different parts of the country? They still have the prayer at the pole once or twice, whenever it was. I don't remember what, I I don't know if it was a specific day or not. I was like, oh, people are at the pole. All right, let's go do this thing. Outside of that, You could join if you wanted to. If not, you could just walk right on by and go about your business. Freedom at its best. The same school that I went to, which, by the way, was a public school, outside of having prayer at the pole, our high school football coach, who, by the way, was also the principal of the school, was the head coach of the high school football team, and before every game, would kneel in the corner of the football field and pray before the game. Again, a public school with a head football coach who was also the principal of the school and would pray with us before the game that I partook in. If you chose not to do so, you could stand over on the side and you could wait till we were done. 
You did not have to partake. It was not forced upon you. That is freedom. You have the freedom to practice it. You do not have the freedom. I take that back. You do not have the ability as a lack of freedom to oppress it and force others to do so as well. If a Muslim group of students wanted to get together and have a, a, a Quran study, do they like a Bible study? Do you have a Quran study? I don't know what you call that. Do you have a study in one of the classrooms after school with the group to go and study the Quran? Are you able to do that? Yeah, you're able to do that as a private club before or after school or in between breaks or something. Are you able to do that? I'm sure you can. I'm sure you're able to. Are Jewish students allowed to go and practice what they do during the times of day or during breaks or during their study clubs before or after school and pray? If you want to partake, you can partake. If you don't want to partake, you don't have to partake. So the Supreme Court came out with another solid ruling, reinstating this high school football coach, according to the Associated Press, with their decision on this one that allowed him to be reinstated because, yes, you do have the right to practice it, and you also have the right to ignore it if you choose to do so as well. But the left side of the aisle, when they don't get the way that they want and they think the world needs to run in unison with this blanket decision for everyone where they just get rid of all personality, they get rid of all individualism, they get rid of all personal characteristics, and we just blindly follow everybody and do the exact same thing. If we don't go along with that, they get very angry. And they turn into the children that throw the temper tantrums and that flail their hands up into the air and just squirm all over the ground and throw their tantrums until they get what they want. Well, they got it for a while, but they're starting to lose it. And now that they're losing that power, you see the headlines back out of the New York Times today, the opinion piece on what to do with a rogue Supreme Court. What do you do with a rogue Supreme Court? First off, they're not rogue. They're just not doing your bidding any longer, which bothers you because you've always had the courts in your back pocket to do your bidding and times are changing a little bit, so get ready for it. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Andy Hoosier here, reminding you not only can you listen to The Voice of Reason on your favorite radio station, but also check out the video of the program on TV and online. We're excited to be working with our partners over at OpsLens to bring The Voice of Reason live every day on their website at OpsLens.com, on the OpsLens app that you can download on any of your smartphones, or on any of the OpsLens social media. It's a great network that broadcasts multiple shows promoting truth, reason, and common sense, reaching thousands of viewers every day, all day long. Plus, while you're there, you can always watch some of the best highlights of the show during the weekends or read our latest opinion columns on topical issues of the day. Also, if you want to interact with me during the program, just leave a comment on their social media or the OpsLens app stream. You can always join the live chat rooms, or if it's easier, just email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com. Again, that's HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com. This is your show, and we want to hear from you. Why? Because it's time for you to be your own voice of reason in your own community. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. 
Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You want some more reason throughout the day? Well, now it's easier than ever to find. Here's what you do. Check out the website at HoosierReason.com. There you can find past shows, links to all of our social media, special features, our monthly blogs, and a heck of a lot more. Plus, make sure to check in frequently as we're constantly working to add more goodies that you'll really enjoy. Also, you can always subscribe and follow our social media sites for bonus content, articles that we use on the show, or maybe some additional rants. Yeah, it's all that and so much more. Check it all out at HoosierReason.com. Bring some reason into your day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. You know, it goes down to a simple value, at least to me, where I just so don't care what other people do with their lives. Like, it makes no difference to me. It's almost like one of those you go into the grocery store and you walk in and you're about ready to check out in the aisle. And then you see, like, the tabloids there with, you know, oh, so-and-so had an affair with somebody else. Did you know that? <laughs> Or, or one of those of like, oh, they're about to lose their baby. That's, I mean, I just, the whole bachelor, bachelorette thing, you know, the whole drama stuff, a Jersey Shore or the Kardashians, any of this, you know, reality TV crap that's out there. I just don't care. I don't care what you're doing with your life in any way, shape or form. It makes no difference to me. I'm going to live my life and I'm going to do it the way that I feel comfortable and the way that I like doing it. And you can give your life and I don't care about the drama in your life. I don't care about any of this garbage. That's the way that I really refer back to in politics as well. I don't care what you do with your life. I'm going to live my life and try and raise my kids or my daughter with the example that I want so that way they have the proper values moving forward and know how to make the best decisions they can possibly make in their own world. But progressives, man, it's all about you need to live the same way I do or else. For the ones that say they're open-minded and they're all about the collective and they're all about the diverse ideas, it's all about the diverse ideas as long as that diverse idea is the same idea as their own because, boy, they do not like the differing of opinions. This New York Times opinion piece, what to do with a rogue Supreme Court. They are angry right now. What to do with the rogue Supreme Court, the other one here, according to Politico.com, the lonely chief, how John Roberts lost control of the court system right now. Oh, my. So if you vote in the way or they rule in the way that you don't like, then they're rogue and they're doing their own thing. And John Roberts just lost complete control because John Roberts is really the moderate that was appointed by George W. Bush back in the day. That's really siding with the majority of Democrats on a lot of these cases, unfortunately. But we're still winning because he is the moderate that we realize is not going to help conservative values in any way, and the way that these decisions are going, in our opinion, obviously, is the way that it should have been because this is the proper interpretation of the Constitution. But you have to remember the court system. The court system on the constitutionality and the legality is based on opinion of nine people in black robes. That's what we decide on all of the law of the land, on what is constitutional, what is not constitutional. It's all just based on opinion. So, yeah, if you want to do something about a, and I use air quotes here for my radio listeners, the rogue Supreme Court, if you want to do something about it, do what Joe Biden said during his interview with Jimmy Kimmel, which was, hey, if they end up passing this, we need to pass a law that makes it a bill, that makes it a constitutional law in our Constitution to defend this stuff. 
whether it's the guns and you repeal the Second Amendment, which good luck doing that, whether it's a new law and amendment on there that's, that's protecting abortion and re-implementing Roe v. Wade, whatever you have to do, that's how you do it. Not like what Nancy Pelosi and uh, Maxine Waters are saying, which is just the hell with the Supreme Court and we're not going to listen to them, which to me is probably an ex- a very dangerous stance because you're an elected official, a tenured election uh, elected official, a seasoned elected official that's in Washington, D.C. that's literally saying, let's ignore a third of our government that has the checks and balance in place for our system to make sure you don't have too much power and to make sure they don't have too much power. If you don't like the Supreme Court, then get enough legislators in Congress in both chambers to override their decision by passing a bill and a constitutional amendment to be included that overrides what they had to say. I used the example last week, but here in Kansas, where I'm based out of, that's what we're doing. The Supreme Court here said that it is a constitutionally protected thing here in Kansas that is abortion. We disagree, so we're passing the value them both bill. That's going to be passed by the people that's on our ballot this uh, this fall, and we can actually say, no, it's not constitutionally protected, and the limitations we have on it are legit and justified here in our state. We're doing something about it. If you don't like it, don't bitch about it. Don't complain about it. Do something about it. I know that that's difficult for ones that are just the professional protesters that already had their signs made up, but hey, why don't you do something productive for once with your life? The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You know, when I get off the air every day, the battle for me against limited government censorship and even unfactual content is far from over. That's why now I'm so happy to say that the Hoosier Media Network is giving you more opportunity to catch the voice of reason along with other great shows and podcasts. It's been a long time in the works, and now you can finally enjoy more great content, services, and topical shows. We're the safe space for alternative talk, information, and ideas that the mainstream media absolutely hates. From holistic and alternative medicine, discussions on religion and spirituality, hear entertainment shows, and of course yours truly with the voice of reason. Plus, we offer numerous media services, including helping you set up your own podcast, become your own voice of reason, and bring your expertise to any fun issue or topic. For information on all of our shows, links to podcasts, each show website or social media link, or to find out about everything we do to challenge the mainstream establishment, visit our website at HoosierMedia.com. Again, that's HoosierMedia.com, the future of media. When Reason Meets Radio, you're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right you are. Welcome back into the program. Halfway through already for a Monday. Goes right by fastest hour of radio on, well, radio. Multiple radio stations all over the country. Live streaming, podcasting, TV as well. You can find us online at HoosierReason.com. All of our social media at Hoosier Reason. That's, by the way, with no I, H-O-O-S-E-R, Reason. We have our live stream going on there. OpsLens is up and rolling with our video stream as well on their website, app, and social media. So if you can't find us, the hell's wrong with you, man? (laughs) By the way, I want to clarify real quickly, too, what I said going into the break. Look, Democrats, I'm trying to help you here. I'm trying to help you. I don't know why, but I'm trying to help you here. If you want to change something, change it. Don't complain about it. Don't go out and do your professional protesting and think that's going to make a difference. Do something. The headline for the New York Times opinion piece, what to do with a rogue Supreme Court. Like, come on, man. 
Rogue Supreme Court. If you want to change the opinion of a Supreme Court, then do it legislatively because that's why we have something called a checks and balance system. Go to Congress, write a bill, get three, th- uh, what is it, uh, override a Supreme Court, three, uh, three, uh, three-fourths majority to be able to pass that, or at least put it on the ballot so people can vote on it, what we're doing here in Kansas, where I'm based out of with my flagship station uh, for the abortion issue, to counter what the Kansas Supreme Court has done, saying that the abortions are constitutionally protected. Do do something. If you don't like it, do something. And I, when I say that, I mean do something productively that doesn't include burning down cities. I wanted to make that point very clear. That doesn't include anarchy in the streets and burning down cities. All right, I want to shift gears just a little bit here because maybe we can get rid of those issues by investing in the long-term result here by focusing on the public education What's system. trending today? Maybe. I don't know. We'll see here. I'm excited to have this guy on the program. I have followed these guys for a really long time. I've always gotten their uh, their newsletter, their booklet, their their uh, uh, monthly deal that they send to us in the mail, and I love it because I use a lot of it for the show prep on this program. I love learning about what they're doing and they have some new content coming out that is going to help with those now focused on the public education system as he is the president of Libertas Institute. You can find them at libertas.org. He's also author of the best-selling series of books called the Tuttle Twins and the new book on American history. It's called America's History 1215 to 1776. Really happy to have on the program here with us, Mr. Connor Boyack here. Connor, how are you, my friend? Very well, Andy. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, Connor, I appreciate it. I am excited to chat with you. It's an honor to have you on here. Before we get into the book on American history, i got to get your thoughts on these Supreme Court hearings because, I mean, last week we had one after another Thursday, Friday, between the Second Amendment issues against the state of New York. Then we had the reversal of Roe v. Wade bringing things back down to the states. And the other side of the aisle just... I tell you, if they don't get their way, they lose their minds on this stuff. But this is really just opinions from a Supreme Court that they've been working really hard to try and get this through over for years now, haven't they? Uh, they, they totally have. You know, certainly on the pro-life movement, people have been working on this for their whole lives, for decades. This is a lot of effort. I think it's also validation for a lot of people who voted for Trump. You have a lot of enthusiastic people. You have a lot of people who plugged their nose and still voted for Trump. All because, or at least in large measure, because they wanted a conservative court. They wanted justices on the bench who would do what this court has recently been doing. And so I think it's validation for those people in having this generational shift. I mean, Trump, I think, has a lot of faults, but this is legacy building stuff to have appointed, gotten people like this on the bench who have this like nation shifting impact with the opinions that they're issuing. And you're exactly right. For those who are complaining about it, like, what are you going to productively do about it? The people on the right have been organizing and and leading down this path for a very long time. They're seeing the fruits of their labor, right? If you don't like it, then are you going to channel your energy and try and make a change? Or are you just going to complain online? I think that question kind of answers itself. Uh, but yes, this is kind of the, the resulting validation, I think, for a lot of people who've been putting their shoulder to the wheel for a long time, hoping for a day like this. That is very true. Outside of just the abortion issue, I mean, this is uh, this shakes up the entire nation on the sense of this whole concept of federalism that we don't talk about much and that many don't understand right now as well. Bringing things back down to the states of, hey, the Constitution doesn't mention this issue. We shouldn't have an opinion one way or the other on it. States, you figure it out. And I think that's going to be a generational shift to where maybe power is going to start coming back down to the local level, isn't it? I would hope so. That's the whole point of the Tenth Amendment. We should have states being able to decide a lot more issues. 
Certainly the federal government has grown way bigger than the founders ever intended. And so if we want to have federalism, if we want to have states' rights, if we want to have you know, laboratories of democracy, we can't centralize everything in D.C. And so I would love to see a lot more rulings of this type to say we should push this down to the state level. To me, it's a pawn for a trend that can continue to go in that direction. And man, I, I you know, who do I need to talk to in D.C.? I've got a list of like 50 things I would love to push down to a state level. So maybe you can connect me with someone. I'm, I'm very eager to chat. That's right. Hey, you and me both. We need to start working on this at a, at a grander level. And this does I think open. I'm always the eternal optimist. I know you guys are as well, but I always see this as the opportunity for education. And when people start throwing the fit and they're out there in Washington, D.C. protesting, I try to remind them, even on the other side of the aisle that I politically don't agree with, I say, hey, you guys now have more power and more voice in this than ever before in your local community, because now you can talk to your county commission. You can talk to your state legislatures. You can make something happen in your community, way more beneficial than going up and trying to to protest against Biden or against Trump or against Obama or someone up in Washington, D.C., and thinking that it's actually going to have a difference. That's exactly it. I mean, we, we got we to gotta fight for what we care for. What I worry about, and I know we're going to talk about this in a moment, is you can't defend your rights if you don't understand what they are. Mm. You, you cannot advocate for something that you don't appreciate and understand. And when we look at the byproduct of the public school system, seniors who are graduating, right? The, the, the massive historical illiteracy about what our founding fathers thought, what they fought for, what the, how they debated, what everything was. There's just a lot of apathy. And it's because I feel like we are not teaching history the right way. The product is all these denim lovers and AOC supporters who are all, you know, grade A graduates of public school, but we're pumping out socialists and looking around wondering what's changing in our country, and to which I say, Go look at the foundation, man. If, you're, if your soil is rotten and the roots are bad, of course you're going to get gnarly fruit. Well, I think that leads into the mass shootings. That leads into the mental illness. That leads into the broken families. I mean, it solves so many of the nation's issues when we're sitting here bickering on mainstream media about what to do about it. We're not investing in, like you said, the roots, which is a perfect way uh, to, to really depict this one. It's Connor Boyack, the Libertas Institute. Also, the new book, America's History, 1215 to 1776. Let's talk about this for a second, Connor. I mean, we've had the 1619 Project. We have critical race theory. We have this mentality of the nation is horrible. We should apologize for our whiteness. We should apologize for what our ancestors did because either you are the problem with society or you're a victim. And that's really what we're being taught right now in public schools. This book here, I'm assuming this is what's going to be countering this and maybe public education systems can start picking this type of uh, information up. This is exactly why we've created this new book. About two and a half years ago, I bought a lot of the social studies book, trying to figure out how are kids across America being taught about our history, about the Declaration, the Constitution. And look, a lot of these books were great when it came to name dates and battles and where they happened and who wrote a letter to who, what I'll call the superficial side of history. But where these books horribly failed is in teaching what I call the substantive side of history. In other words, why they did what they did, what they fought for. John Adams, he once said that the real American Revolution happened in the 15 years before the first shot ever being fired at Lexington and Concord. What is he talking about? Why did the real revolution precede all the fighting? It's the intellectual, the mindset shift, reading John Locke. Some of these books don't even mention John Locke. How can you have American history if you don't talk about the influence of life, liberty, property, the ideas? You know, Andy, this quote, I'm sure most of your listeners do. We say it all the time. Those who don't learn from the past are doomed to repeat it. 
And yet these books, they don't teach kids to learn from the past. They teach kids about the past. And it's very passive, right? So, of course, they don't learn. So we're repeating it today. We're repeating all the mistakes. So our book is an attempt to say, sure, we want to teach, you know, what happened, and that's all important. But the primary focus needs to be on the ideas because a kid in 2022 can't really relate to what happened in 250 years ago. Our worlds are very different. Circumstances are different. But what they can relate to are the ideas, the values, the tension between people and their government. All of these circumstances, though different, it's the ideas that connect us. And if our social studies books are not teaching kids those ideas, is it any wonder that they're being totally disconnected from the lessons of the past. Our book is an attempt to bring those ideas, those values, those philosophies to the front and say, this is what America is about. This is why the Founding Fathers did what they did. And this is how we can relate it to our world today. I love it. Now, here's the big question. Was the United States built on the backs of slaves as we're being taught right now? Oh, gosh. I mean, <laughs> in, in a sense, you can argue, right? Like, there's certainly an influence that we can't say that that didn't happen. It wasn't awful. That like, like, of course, there's elements of truth, and it's important to talk about. We talk about it in our book. We have to recognize those problems. But, but here's the problem that I have with the 1619 Project, critical race theory, and the rest. This is an intentional effort to undermine not just you know the founding fathers and these supposed white supremacist bigots. Uh, bigots. It's, it's more importantly meant to undermine their ideas. These people pushing the, these 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 issues. They're trying to undermine classical liberalism. They're trying to get us away from these ideas and principles because they want Marxism in our day. And the best way they can do that is to dismiss entirely, wholesale, the founding fathers and everything that they stood for. And so, yes, we should talk about slavery. Yes, we should talk about the problems of the past. But there's nuance, and we can't judge the past entirely from our enlightened understanding today But it is important we have conversations about this. It is important that we debate it, we discuss, not with an agenda, not with an attempt to dismiss all the ideas of the Founding Fathers because they had some problems. Because, heck, you and I, Andy, have our faults and problems. We're not perfect, and future generations shouldn't discard everything you say or everything I write in the Tuttle Twins books just because we could be wrong on some stuff. We've got to address these ideas with their merits. That's true. Connor, we've got to take a hard break here. Can you stick over one more segment with us? Absolutely. Awesome. Got to take a break here. It's Connor Boyack, the Libertas Institute. Also, the new book, America's History, 1215 to 1776. It's coming out here in the next week. A perfect way to kick off a week going into 4th of July. Lots more coming up. Stay here. Reason with Andy Hoosier. Andy Hoosier here, reminding you, not only can you listen to the Voice of Reason on your favorite radio station, but also check out the video of the program on TV and online. We're excited to be working with our partners over at OpsLens to bring the Voice of Reason live every day on their website at OpsLens.com, on the OpsLens app that you can download on any of your smartphones, or on any of the OpsLens social media. It's a great network that broadcasts multiple shows promoting truth, reason, and common sense, reaching thousands of viewers every day, all day long. Plus, while you're there, you can always watch some of the best highlights of the show during the weekends or read our latest opinion columns on topical issues of the day. Also, if you want to interact with me during the program, just leave a comment on their social media or the OpsLens app stream. You can always join the live chat rooms, or if it's easier, just email me at network at gmail.com. Again, that's network at gmail.com. This is your show, and we want to hear from you. Why? Because it's time for you to be your own voice of reason in your own community. 
Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You want some more reason throughout the day? Well, now it's easier than ever to find. Here's what you do. Check out the website at HoosierReason.com. There you can find past shows, links to all of our social media, special features, our monthly blogs, and a heck of a lot more. Plus, make sure to check in frequently as we're constantly working to add more goodies that you'll really enjoy. Also, you can always subscribe and follow our social media sites for bonus content, articles that we use on the show, or maybe some additional rants. Yeah, it's all that and so much more. Check it all out at HoosierReason.com. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Oh, it goes on by way too fast. We could be doing this stuff for three, four hours a day. But as of right now, we're just constrained to that one-hour program, trying to cram that 10 pounds of reason into that five-pound bag, trying to rebrand the millennial generation, one radio listener at a time. Happy to have this guy on as we try to represent the millennial generation. He's the president of Libertas Institute, also author of the book series The Tuttle Twins, so many other books as well. The new book coming out, America's History, 1215 to 1776. Connor, as we talk about the history of the United States, which, like you mentioned, I love because we need to put the kids into that understanding of the diversity, of the difference of opinions, of how debates and compromise used to be. Connor, we don't know how to compromise in Congress anymore, do we? <laughs> we, we definitely don't. Things have become very polarized. It's all about identity politics and gotcha and everything else. And and you know, it, it's 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 not to say everything in the founding era was perfect. They had some very intense debates, and you know, they had duels, and people would shoot each other. And it's not like it was utopian back then, right? <laughs> but what was amazingly different is that things were substantive. They were meaty. People were writing and debating, and there was philosophy intertwined with all these issues. And so I think we've really degraded in our understanding the quality of public education. Things have been dumbed down entirely. My goal, my hope with the Tuttle Twins is to elevate and bring back some of these principles, help kids and their parents to understand them. Let's talk about them more. I think that that's how we make a freer nation is by learning and talking about these ideas, getting them back into the public discourse, the public square, because if everything's just, you know, TikTok and whatever, like we're just being dumbed down I think that's how our freedoms are eroded, and so we're trying to push back with the Tuttle Twins. Mm. At the end of the day, when it comes down to teaching about American values, the preciousness of the American system, that we're not a democracy but we're a constitutional republic, respecting the American flag and the history, and like you said, learning from the flaws and showing the evolution we've made as a nation to continue towards perfection but seeing where we've come from, does it come down to the public education's duty to do this that has failed miserably, or does it come down to the family and the conversations around the dinner table to have this conversation, which is more difficult to do today when people are working three jobs and the parents are both at work all day long? Or is it a combination of both? I mean, where does this institutionalized understanding of American values actually come from? Well, I think it's a little bit of both, and I'll answer it a little bit differently. I think ultimately this is a parental individual responsibility. I think the problem has been that in generations past, 
We've grown up in a culture where the education of children and the formation of civic virtue and critical thinking, many parents have delegated to the school system. They've entrusted teachers and school administrators with this responsibility, and they've assumed the best of intentions because they themselves were the product of that system when they were growing up, and I turned out fine, so things should be fine today. And what they haven't realized is is that in decades past, the education system in America has been heavily co-opted and dominated by the left, that there are activists in these classrooms using their their little you know bully pulpit with these 20 kids in front of them to propagandize them and to push on them all kinds of crazy stuff. And so these parents who have taken the system for granted, who have been delegating this responsibility to their to their uh, to the teachers, I think they're now seeing increasingly so, especially during COVID. Whoa, whoa, wait, maybe I was trusting too much. Maybe I shouldn't be doing this. Ultimately, it's a parental responsibility. Many parents, though, they feel like, well, wait a minute, I don't know this stuff. How do I talk to my kids about it? How do we? So one more thing we got to do. What we're what we're trying to do. I can't speak for others, but what we're trying to do at the Teltons is create resources where it's like, hey, mom, hey, dad. You don't need to know this stuff. You don't need to study ahead of time. Here's just a fun story to read with your kids or let them read it by themselves. And what's going to happen is this is going to trigger your child's curiosity. They're going to ask questions. You're going to have amazing conversations. Where it goes from there is up to you. Maybe you go watch a YouTube video. Maybe you watch a documentary. Maybe you go to the library, check out another book, and go down a rabbit hole and learn about World War II or whatever you want. But we want to spark conversation. We want to spark curiosity, something that's often not happening in schools, especially with these subjects that we cover in the Tuttle Twins. That is the goal, is to really just generate these family conversations without mom or dad having to have one more homework assignment to you know, worry about or feel intimidated because they don't know what's going on. And, and we've seen it in spades. I mean, we've sold like four million books now. We hear from parents every day who are just blown away that their kids know more than like half of Congress. <laughs> and so it's something's working. And so we're just going to keep doing it. Keep doing it, my friend. You guys rock it. I love your Libertas uh, website. I love your newsletters and all the booklets that you send out. I love the books that you have with the Tuttle Twins. I love this new book. I can't wait. Keep up the fight, my friend, because this is exactly what we need. It's Connor Boyack. Libertas.org is the website. Go and check it out. Also, the new book that's coming out, America's History, 1215 to 1776. Connor, I love chatting with you, my friend. we got to get you back on the show again. Thank you, Andy. Appreciate it. Hey, absolutely an honor here on this end. We'll take a break. That does it for us today. Back at it tomorrow. Podcast up in just a little bit. We have a laundry list of things to get to throughout this entire week as we could go into the 4th of July celebration. Until then, be your own voice of reason. This is The Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You know, when I get off the air every day, the battle for me against limited government censorship and even unfactual content is far from over. That's why now I'm so happy to say that the Hoosier Media Network is giving you more opportunity to catch the voice of reason along with other great shows and podcasts. It's been a long time in the works, and now you can finally enjoy more great content, services, and topical shows. We're the safe space for alternative talk, information, and ideas that the mainstream media absolutely hates. From holistic and alternative medicine, discussions on religion and spirituality, hear entertainment shows, and of course yours truly with the voice of reason. Plus, we offer numerous media services, including helping you set up your own podcast, become your own voice of reason, and bring your expertise to any fun issue or topic. For information on all of our shows, links to podcasts, each show website or social media link, or to find out about everything we do to challenge the mainstream establishment, visit our website at HoosierMedia.com. Again, that's HoosierMedia.com, the future of media.